podcast informs listeners that the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed solely belong to the host and not necessarily to their employer or any other group of individuals. It is not a research report. It is not a recommendation to buy or sell any security. It is for informational purposes only and should not be construed otherwise. Hello everyone, this is Nikki Yu, also known as Faces Trader, and you're watching the Awesome Tonics Global Market Update. This is a Friday, so we'd like to invite you all. Again, every Friday we give a free class, and today's topic, we're going to discuss why silver and green actually belongs in your Awesome 10X portfolio. Hope you could share this to your friends, and let's talk about today's topic. Okay, so um, before I begin, let's go over my tweets for the day. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's start on the first part. So I think that um, just a quote of the day, no matter what you do, you cannot please everyone. You aren't pizza. So you'll never be perfect. And so you shouldn't ever be afraid not to fail. So if you're always thinking that whatever you're buying should always be up the next day, it's an impossible task. Therefore, that shouldn't stop you from being you and you should just do what you love to do. So... For instance, can I just say that last night when AGC was falling down, I just bought. So April 15, last night, I got in um, AGC, Altimeter Growth Company, is also known as Grab. So it's, a, it's one of the easiest things that I will do over and over again. And I can't believe actually how lucky I am to have the chance to be invested um, as Grab goes public through a SPAC. I know that it could go 11 or 10 or 9 or 8. I couldn't ever stop people from selling things that they might not appreciate but just like masayoshi son invested early in jack ma i do think that there's I'm, it's it's one of those companies that i'm just proud to do and buy so just wanted to share that um anthony tan and hui Leng tan happy to uh, as you know one, one of my videos last year was how to buy grab and tiktok at huge discounts and i said that one of the ways was to actually buy it into masayoshi son but i want to get not just um, uh, a conglomerate way of owning Grab, but really going in straight to, to Grab. So shared um, how they vaccinated themselves and how they plan to vaccinate all of their Grab employees by 2022. So um, very good job. Grab is aiming for all their Grab employees as well as all their Grab drivers and delivery people to get vaccinated by the end of 2022. So that's the entire Southeast Asia. So a few things as well. Uh, there was a re report on Pepsi. Pepsi earnings reporting a solid quarter. Um, we'll, we'll read that later on. Okay, let's read it now. So just news. So Pepsi, the owner of Doritos and Cheetos, in fact, excellence considering the inconsistency of pandemic-induced economic shutdowns and several act, uh, factors. So... Pepsi reported first quarter results. Uh, they reported $1.21, easily beating expectations. Revenues was up 6.8% year-over-year to $14 billion. Net income came to $1.71 billion, up from $1.34 billion a year ago. North America remains the first, uh, the largest business, contributing $5 billion in sales, or approximately 5 over 15, about one-third. The largest business is, of course, Chips, Frito-Lay, North America. 
third and fourth largest business suffered some contraction. Um, European revenue contracted 2%. Sales in Latin America decreased 5%. Among small businesses, Asia-Pacific, Australia, New, Le New Zealand, and China posted an increase of 70%. Africa, Middle Asia, and South Asia saw 40% gain. So Quaker Foods saw a much more modest increase of 1.9%. Operating profits expanded to 20% to $2.3 billion. So this isn't a weak balance sheet by any means. The company actually are, has um, total current assets, full year 2021. Firm has reaffirmed guidance for full year, for full year 2021. Total return to shareholder is about $6 billion. The, the firm is paying $4, $4 per share annually, good enough for a 3% yield. So we could see that uh, in a pandemic, it's just been a stable company, right? So people who have Pepsi are always just holding on to it like um, long-term shareholders. That's not a company that I usually invest upon. So I just read it for you. Those are the companies that my dad would love, but not something that I would. Anyway, so let's talk about a few things. Um, I'd like to discuss that thing that you might want to check this out, Rakuten. Rakuten Group uh, is um, Japan's Amazon. And there's a lot of reasons to buy. Take a look at the chart. Rakuten Group is already breaking above that 1.3 yen. And considering today, 1.376, a mild pullback. And that is a typical gap fill. So technically, it's doing well. A lot of reasons to buy it. Japanese tech giant reported that um, raised, they raised $2.2 billion from who else? Um, who, buy, who bought? It's Walmart, Tencent, and Japan. Rakuten has over 70 business and over 1.4 billion members worldwide. Its e-commerce site is one of the most popular in Japan, but the company's market value is just a fraction of Amazon's. So some of the results, uh, some of the investors are, of course, Tencent, the biggest of the big. Martin Lau, who is the president of Tencent, said that Rakuten has built a vibrant ecosystem through its membership loyalty programs, extending its unrivaled strength from e-commerce to fintech and digital content. If you're a use case uh, user of Viber, you know what they're talking about. Not just that. Study it deeper, you'll learn more. Um, Tencent shares the Rakuten's aspiration of creating value through innovation, empowerment of users and partners. We're excited to invest in Rakuten, supporting its evolution into a global innovation leader. And we look forward to pursuing strategic cooperation across activities, including digital entertainment, e-commerce, creating value for users, building the internet ecosystem together. I think um, we're not going to discuss a deep dive on Rakuten today, but something that you want to keep on mind. So mostly uh, market updates are just passive and um, just telling you what my thinking are. So people ask me, Nikki, what do you invest in? I said, yeah, I love mad rocket scientists. So one, one of which is the Jonah Hill and Albert, Albert Einstein lookalike, aka Rocket Labs. So that would be Arthur Beck. I shared, I shared in my space space-related ideas, Rocket Labs, so Rocket Lab CEO. They said that they're gonna uh, put humans into space by 2024, and I am sure that they're capable of doing that. VACQ is a SPAC. Uh, the SPAC always starts at $10. So there is um, a sharing of a filing uh, just yesterday. They filed it. Pursue one to rule 425. Let's read it together. 
So, corporate participants is Pack Insider, Mac Matt Siansi, Alex Lusky, the CEO of Vector Acquisition Corporation and the founder and CEO of Vector Capital, Peter Beck, the founder and CEO of Rocket Lab, and Adam Spice, the CFO of Rocket Lab. The presentation goes, all right, thank you for your time. How are you guys? La la la. Peter Beck, it's very good. Um, thanks for tuning in. I guess a little bit about my history. I started Rocket Lab as a company down in New Zealand in 2006. By 2009, we became the very first private company to ever reach space uh, in the Southern Hemisphere. Yes, 2009, earlier than SpaceX. Not orbit, but space. So in 2013, one, um, on 2013-14, as a typical native Kiwi, he's a New Zealander, I jumped on a plane, went on Silicon Valley to go and raise capital to what we are trying to do now, which is develop the Electron program. And then by 2017, we've already had our first flight in 2018. We were delivering customers to orbit. So this has been really lots of work, but get to the point, it is very exciting. Uh, let's go into our presentation. Adam Spice, CFO of Rocket Lab. I've been with Rocket Lab for almost three years. Before that, I spent over 20 plus years in the semiconductor industry. I spent most of my career with Intel, Broadcom, and throughout the semiconductor, even a company called Max Linear. I've had the opportunity to meet Pete and see the amazing things that were being done through the company, getting a tremendous appreciation for the capital efficiency that they've brought to the, the, the space. For those who aren't aware, Peter Beck can, um, with the help of additive manufacturing, they can actually produce uh, an electron engine for just 24 hours and they, um, they, they do it every week. They, they, they launch rocket ships to space, small rocket ships. So let's understand the business. Okay. Um, Let's go through the presentations and read a few things. If you look at Rocket Lab at a glance, um, what do they do? We're trying. What are they trying to do? So in under six years, they've launched at least uh, 19 launches to space now, over 104 satellites in orbit. We've built three launch pads in two countries. We're actually the second most frequently used launch rocket. We've got two mission control centers, over seven successful missions for a bunch of U.S. government customers. And they can actually reuse because uh, they showed in their 2019 uh, video that the rocket ship, the, rock, the rocket launch, they sent it back to, uh, to Earth and so they can reuse that. So for those who aren't aware, $5 million for a rocket ship their size, it's smaller because the typical SpaceX is about $50 million. So it's smaller. Um, yeah. So anyway, if you look at the space industry, there's a lot of TAMs. There's a lot of niche products. It's about a $10 billion TAM for them, for Electron alone. So they've got Electron. They've got also Photon. And then they have a new product they, they, they released, which is going to be commercialization by 2024. Um, they're building bigger rockets to send humans to space, commercialization by 2024. So um, let's take a look. So they're doing something like Virgin Galactic, right? They're doing that and they're doing what SpaceX is doing. Okay, how is, World, uh, how is Rocket Lab differentiated? We're best in class. A couple of us are launching more companies in general. We're building satellites, not just for lower orbit, but interplanetary. We're moving very aggressively into the applications market. Really, it comes from a belief of mine that if you've got access to space, then you own that. You, if you have access to a building, your own spacecraft, then you own that. When it comes to moving into space applications, it puts you into a unique position to proliferate services and systems on orbit at the rate that's very difficult to match from a cost and timing perspective. 
It's an incredibly vertically integrated company, something that you could possibly imagine. Um, you're building the infrastructure from launch sites to engine test facilities to factories, manufacturing mission control centers, incredibly vertically integrated. The team across Rocket Lab is quite diverse and you've got a lot of space veterans from other industries. So we've got a lot of Formula One app uh, people, a lot of America Cup and so on and so forth with diverse skills. The best engineers actually. So if you look at a few things, um, the company is all about execution. We're not a one-trick pony. We have been able to start and move quickly, very successful in those things that they're, that we are doing. So within an industry where everybody's racing to get to space, I always think that before you go there to space, uh, do it sustainably for a future for all of us. So I've... Um, I think for some people, you, you might not be aware um, why we are doing this. So I'll read a few things. Why should you invest in space? All right, so you can track weather, waste, climate change, vital services to monitor the Earth, universe, and our place. The launch is just the beginning, of course. Electron launch access was 2014. They do it frequently. Um, space agencies also have to be created. There's a lot, actually, that you can understand. You just go straight to Rocket Lab's website. That's one thing that I'm doing in my own time. VACQ. I also think that uh, ASTS is also important, that, that you want to study. All right, um, enough about that. You can also read the Bloomberg feature about them. I discuss about AI. So Microsoft purchased new one for NLP. Has to do, I think, with a lot of um, artificial intelligence and the leadership of uh, new ones when it comes to natural language processing. So I do think that um, it, AI would have a huge role, of course, in our life. So it's going to be parabolic. This is why I'm very bullish on companies that are in it. So Palantir, Big Data, NVIDIA, AI, CM Life, Schrodinger, and so forth. So broadband is everywhere in our times. That's why ASTS and Tesla for Starlink. Biggest Moore's Law, in my view, is the cost of computing power, hence NVIDIA. And... A lot of things actually so silver is doing well just take a look at that silver on solar um roblox doing well take a look at that all-time highs power imagination there's a lot of things in the genetic sequencing but a lot of people aren't aware of that and i would say this is correct ian cassell is saying that you need to give your positions room to disappoint you and a lot of room to exceed your expectations so you might get disappointed. Maybe to the, today you've got you you saw that oh why is it that a lot of biotech are getting pummeled down? Why is it that blockchain related names are getting down? Actually, it's a little bit weird, but let's try to understand. Actually, um, the Amazon of assets, the Humble's NFT business. Let's let's try to understand straight from Brian Foot, right? There's going to be a lot of proliferation of of these ideas and uh verticals come so i think you know you're going to see really curated verticals coming online i think you know to to brian's point at coinbase and by the way congratulations to those guys big day uh for digital assets i think you know what you'll see in the space is you have sort of these you know theme park versus gallery moments where um to to brian brian's point you know there's going to be a lot of proliferation of of these ideas and and how people get access to them and then over time i think you know the artists the athletes 
um, even large media companies will start to consolidate that behavior into kind of one click for the customer in a way that they can get a sense of price discovery, what the market's going to be worth and how people want to package their lifetime catalogs of content. I think it's a really exciting space and we intend to, to package it up well for the customer. So Brian, we're going to show a couple of your NFTs. I know one of them that uh, you're really highlighting is one for uh, MLB All-Star Nelson Cruz. You have another other sports figures like the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, the Cowboys, Dak Prescott. So kind of give us a sense of where you see this NFT craze going and do you see it mostly growing in the sports field or are there other places where NFTs can see a similar boom? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, again, we're starting to experiment with ideas. Um, so, you know, not, nothing set in stone with who, who we're working with and, and how, but, you know, we're exploring ideas that we're proposing to customers and, and to athletes and to artists and, and so on. So I think for us, we're, you know, in, in a spot where the, the market will discover where it wants to be. And if we can package that really well uh, in a way that the artist and the athlete says, yeah, that's something I want to be a part of, or media companies start to see a second life at the box office for things you know that's already cataloged like movies or, or uh, music we think there's a really strong opportunity uh, for lifetime collectors to 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 create new markets uh, beyond stocks and bonds for trading on the blockchain so it's a really exciting time and we intend to package it well so that you can move from from a hype cycle into something that's lasting and meaningful for creators and um, anyone who's a producer of content so he mentioned a lot. Uh, for those who aren't aware, that was Brian Foote, the CEO of Humble Pay. Uh, we met, we made a deep dive on TSNPD, Tesoro Enterprises, that eventually is Humble Pay. That was a reverse merger. So from pink sheet to potentially a Nasdaq listing, the ticker symbol of Humble Pay is HMBL. So there, uh, OTC. I do think that the current levels of 285 is a great opportunity to load up. So you want to buy it. Even if it goes to about 250, I don't really care. Um, as you've heard, $2 billion of NFT sales. And this is going to capture so many opportunities, not just NFTs, also payments and blockchain. And uh, yeah, so you can learn more. Actually, I'm a bit disappointed on how the market um, isn't appreciating all the bit farms and hot mining and a lot of blockchain systems that are listed in the market. So are you afraid? Um, I think that it's normal for people to not buy because they're afraid it could go to about maybe $2. But I'd say that if HumblePay even felt about $2, so what? I think that or even $1.50, these are all just opportunities to load up. So... I just keep on accumulating and buying companies that I do believe in. And just like Ian Castle said, just always allow yourself to get disappointed, some room for disappointment. But really, allow yourself to also um, allow that company to exceed your wildest expectations, right? Okay, so I think that I also want to share that um, I've been going long. A lot of metals last night I went long on gold, silver, copper, nickel. I've been buying that. Um, I'll discuss that tonight, uh, how, uh, how it plays a role in your portfolio. So silver and solar panels, that's a lot of the reasons why setting to benefit on the solar panel industry um, and a lot more really. So we'll discuss about these things as well as the miners and of course inflation. So money printing is um, gonna help your metals go up over time. Let's take a look at any questions that you've got. 
Thoughts on Dada? I like Dada because I like last mile delivery. And Dada is a very helpful partner for JD Tautia. Uh, Dada is uh, helping JD. So through its JD Tautia. So current level is about 24.7, isn't it? Uh, Dada is now trading at what price? 24.5 should be okay. So there is another support as well here at about $21.50. So if you're buying within these levels, I'd say that it's a good opportunity. The short term, sure, there is a resistance very strongly here at 36 and 51. But I'd say that the upside is larger than the downside. So assuming this one even fell down to 22, that would be just a 12% downside furthermore. But the upside is as high as $50 or at least 100%. So I'd, I'd be more on the advantage for the bull side on Dada. Of course, I'm biased. I've made a... I've made a bullish signal on Dada, even at 36. We sold it before at about 50 plus. Then we got back in uh, below 30. So even at $27, if you've been buying 27 all the way to $20 should be okay. Humble, yes. I'd say, you know, fundamentally it's really doing well. So I, I don't see a reason to, to sell. Um, I sold some before at about $5 when it went up. Humble Pay was... Um, Humble went as high as even six, right? Yeah, six. I was early selling actually at these levels of five, six, five, six. Yeah, I was giving a sell. And then uh, when it was reaching four, I also gave a sell because uh, we got in here. So sell again, then get back in. So far, I didn't sell. When it went to 350, I didn't expect that it would go back down to 280. Either way, um, I'm just holding on to it. So 280, even if it goes down to 270 or 250, should be okay. Um, just hold. Think that um, the, the ability to help artists through NFTs is going to be great. So just wait for the future. Hype cycle for, for others, but I think it is not really hype. Um, yeah, so is Arya by? Yup, in my view. So I think like Arya and um, Arya and what's that name? CM Live should be doing well. But I think in general, a lot of biotech right now is just falling. People might not be appreciative of them. Let's say 12 goes 11. Shouldn't make you worried. Um, I know that a lot of people are scared of uh, how SPACs are doing and biotech in general. Pero shouldn't be a worrisome thing. To be honest, I'm very bullish on biotech. But uh, of course, I'm not getting rewarded. You could see that I'm getting killed on my... ASXC, BNGO, those are biotech names. Um, it's funny that buti na lang, my ARCG didn't get down, no? At least 1% down. I even have a lot of biotech names uh, like AHAC, AHAC, I also believe in that. Um, regenerative Medicine. TDOC, I have as well, no? Oo, tulog pa eh. A lot of healthcare-related names are getting killed. Teladoc Health is okay for me. So I think that when it dropped at 170, that was a bottom. It's currently trading in a range. Uh, perhaps there's some sellers at 200. Got in here before, then I sold. Tapos buy back. Yeah. Actually, nakabenta ako ng mataas nito eh. 290, 280, nalabas ko yun eh. Then buy back. Yeah. So far, I think that within 170 to 185, you've got a great opportunity to buy. And then... Just hold for the next move to about 250. Matagal pa yung 200 mabibreak. So, so far, ginawa ko sa teladoc ko, I traded some of it. Pero eto, for keeps to. Wag man lang sa... So, wag niya ako sana patayin. So, I got in at the low, 171. Got in near the lows. Kasi March 31 was the bottom of the market eh. 
So, March 30, 31, I got in. And this was one of those companies that I bought, TDOC and Zoom. Okay ako sa TDOC. Um, from a charting perspective, lahat ng malakas sa summaries ko are me mostly metals. So, um, I'll discuss the lang the metals in, uh, in, my, in my Free Friday class later on. Hecla mining, silver and gold. But basically, um, platinum, gold, uh, silver, yun yung mga malalakas. Yun yung mga malalakas sa lists ko eh. Yun. Then the other, the other ones na malakas are usually ano na, um, hindi malakas pero pwede na. So, puro ano eh, like NVIDIA, di ba? I, I, I like it naman ever since eh. So, I don't need to, ano, to discuss the same company. Yun. Platinum Group Metals doing well. Um, Crypto-related names uh, like blockchain, so I like Yeka. Bitfarms, I like it. So at 550, I'd say that that is an opportunity to buy. Uh, Crypto Star, I mentioned it. It was a good buying opportunity at 27 cents below. Humble Pay, I think it's a buying opportunity. Do I think that hot mining at $8 is a buy? Yes. Um, not everyone in the fintech I'll buy, pero I'll be willing to buy that. As for the US buying Riot and Mara, medyo I think it's okay then. Um if it could fall of course to 42, kung suma talaga sobrang baba for Riot pwede naman. It's a uh, it's it's stuck in a trading range for Riot, right? Blockchain, Mara, right? So it's it's trading in a very volatile manner. For Mara, I think it's a bit expensive so I went into hot na lang. Hot 8. I still think this is cheap eh. So $8 is cheap. It could go $7 should be okay. There's no more questions, and I hope that you learned something. Um, I'll just see you guys later on, um, wherein we'll read more about this uh, sectors. Sectors on um, silver. Silver tayo. And what's Biden's infrastructure plan? And how it's helping electric vehicles? And what are the opportunities on that sector? Whether it be silver, copper, aluminum, steel, and so forth. So, yun. Hope to see you guys. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.